Sound the alarms. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Leafs podcast. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto, joined by my co-host, the Zoobs from Yahoo Sports Canada. Ladies and gentlemen, we have breaking news. Big news. The Toronto Maple Leafs have fired Mike Babcock. Oh my goodness, Zoobs. How did you hear about it? When did you hear about it? What are your first impressions? Uh, in the work slack, uh, one of my coworkers just posted very quickly, Babcock fired. And then, you know, you got to be hooked into the Twitter when you're uh, in the biz and just everywhere, just shockwaves, just nonstop, like, boom, there it is. Like, just a bomb going off. Uh, it's been a whirlwind. It is incredible. Um, wow. Like, for all the time we have talked this year, the one thing we have talked about over and over again is the need to change things up and shake things up. I did not think it was going to happen today, but here we are. It's uh, wow. Just wow. Uh, certainly. I mean, Babcock, you know, we, we jokingly, I guess, you know, we do these cosign, no signs. Uh, and I, I pose the question, you know, does Mike Babcock make it at, past the road trip? And, you know, Full on. I expected him to make it at least of past course. the road trip. Yeah. And uh, here we are, six game losing streak. And the Leafs finally said enough is enough. Brendan Shanahan coming out saying, you know, we, we felt it was time and it's time to move on. There's no sense in waiting and making this decision. We're going to make it now before we dig ourselves into a bit of a deeper hole. So Babcock out as GM. Sheldon Keefe, the well known incumbent is going to be the new head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Man, I still can't believe it, though. Like, Babcock, like, do you remember how much hope there was when he (laughs) came to the team? Yeah, man, absolutely. And, you know, before we, you know, dive too deeply into what it means going forward, he did do an incredible job of getting them from a team that had no direction to being a back-to-back 100-point team and getting to this point. I think we are at the right point, though, to hear a new voice and to see... Uh, some change, but oh my God, yeah, from where they were, I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Man, there was so it was so much hope. It, it sort of reminded me when when they added Brian Burke. I remember that feeling of hope, and it, but it was a much more like you could tell what direction the organization was going, and that they were going for a, a stable, strong organization, and and that has followed. But my word, uh, what a shocker! Uh, so here we are. At this point, Babcock is fired after really just a a poor start. You know, the team sits uh, through points percentage, which is, I guess, now the universally used way to really calculate standings in the NHL. It's, It's a new age way. And because they have a bunch of games in hand or a bunch more games played than other other teams, it's kind of a fallacy to see that they're up there uh, in a playoff position. But really. By points percentage, 22nd in the league. Yep. 22nd in the league. That is not good enough. And that, at the end of the day, is one of the reasons why Babcock is no longer the head coach of this team. Also, 18th ranked power play. And we've, we've talked about this ad nauseum. The special teams and the fact that they just couldn't get it going. 18th on the power play, 27th on the penalty kill. And last night, that game in Vegas, again, the penalty kill let them down, and there's been no change whatsoever. And I think at the end of the day, one of the things that cost Babcock his job here is the fact that he was not willing to change. Sure, I guess he he shook up the defensive pairings last night for a little bit, but he just there's, there's been way too many times 
where he's given he's been given chances and there had to have been conversations going on uh, you know behind closed doors saying Mike you know what what you're doing isn't working and he's like well no we got to keep it we got to be patient and we got to keep grinding and they weren't able to grind it out long enough and uh, that's that's cost Babcock his job something else that I that I you know have been hearing recently this team I don't know if you've realized during this six game losing streak they haven't led not a second where they've led a game. They haven't led since November 5th. That win against... Uh, Jeez. It was a win against the... Uh, the gold, No, the Kings. Mm-hmm. Boy, that that does, was the last time they led in a game. That does not surprise me, but uh, still harrowing to hear, you know, a lot of a lot of issues we, we talked about, and a lot of them we sort of not danced around, but a lot of them, the bad starts, the goaltending rotation, the special teams, as you mentioned, it was all stuff that you sort of tangentially relate to coaching and that has caught up with them. And, you know, we also, I think once we started asking the questions about, uh, you know, is it actually the way the team is constructed? That's when I was I, I started to have the alarm bells go off is you have to sort of shift that conversation and get it back to Babcock. If you're in the front, in the front office and, uh, so the timing adds up to me in that way. Um, yeah, I, I think it's time for a new voice. I think more than anything, uh, I think these guys probably got a little tired of hearing the same Babs stories and hearing that same, uh, you know, style of, of of speech that he is so famous for. I think that probably wears a little thin in year four and five for Austin Matthews. So good chance for another voice to come into the room, and and this is. You've heard many people say this, but now this is the Kyle Dubas imprint. This is that team. That yep. now it's time to see, you know, if it's been built the way it's supposed to be built. Um, I'm excited about it. I think there's some some obvious fixes that will be fun to track. We'll see what happens with with Tyson Berry. We'll see what happens with uh, the power play units. We'll see what happens with goaltending rotation. I'm really interested. Uh, to see, you know, which of those things that are sort of modern nuances to the game uh, are are the big, big changes. And, and I mean, there's so much to talk about. We we can ask so many questions, and we will throughout this entire show. But, but yeah, just a, a really, really, really incredible. Uh, it's hard to even know where to start, but yeah, just incredible. I know we're, we're kind of just just you know by the seat of just talking about it, which is which is all we can do because. You know that's that's what that's what this is all about. Like this, this just came down kind of like a a time bomb. I don't think anybody expected this to happen today. No. Was a thing. Like I know earlier I was listening to talk radio in Toronto, uh, whether it was you know, and all the insiders were saying no. You know they're struggling. We don't expect them to make a coaching change just yet. Uh, they may not even make an in season change. It doesn't seem to be the Leafs style the way that they 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 want to do things. They may give them. Give them a chance at least another couple of weeks, maybe give it to the new year to try and get themselves out of the rut. And then literally a couple hours after, I think Pierre Lebrun was on TSN earlier today, TSN 1015. He legitimately said, it is our belief, mine, Craig Button, Darren Drager, and Bob McKenzie's belief that they have no intentions on firing Mike Babcock. Three hours later, Mike Babcock gets fired. Unreal. Like, it's just, this is something that I, I, I don't think a lot of people saw coming. I, I mean, I think we saw it coming, but I don't think we expected it so soon. Yeah. You know, like, they had yeah. the players-only meeting after the game against Pittsburgh. That was a terrible game. Absolutely dreadful. And that's kind of when the fire Babcock chance really started to ramp up. And then 
a players-only meeting occurs. Uh, Babcock has a conversation with his leadership group, and then they come out, they speak to the media, they say, you know what, we, we got to turn things around. We know this. we got to start playing a lot better. Babcock comes out. I had a good conversation with my leadership group. You know, we know what we have to do. we got to keep grinding. And then they come out and they play against Vegas. Didn't even have a terrible game. Yeah. They didn't. It's like well, I thought that they came out and played a little they played better at the, they didn't win obviously and again it's those small little mistakes that they keep making and it's kind of fundamental mistakes too that they keep making and that's what cost them that game and I think over time all those fundamental mistakes that's cost them late or that's cost them in these games this season ultimately you add all those up and that's on the coach and I think that's ultimately uh, another big factor in this firing today. Yeah, and I think, you know, th- it, there didn't seem to ever really be answers beyond uh, play harder and dig in, and I think that's also part of it. I think you, we were looking for, you know, people were looking for a little more solid answers. We talked about that here. What, you know, what is the coach, what what are you guys seeing that we're not seeing? Um, we talked about that with, with Kyle Dewis a little bit. So um, I think it also points to a difference in philosophy from we talked about the difference the way the team is built and the way the team is playing. Um, yes. That let's see what changes there. I, I have a lot of questions. I, I mean, we can go through this in the next little bit, but there's questions about whether the defensive pairings will be different. Maybe we maybe Rasmus Sandin comes back. Who knows? There's a uh, boy. There's a lot of options right now. Anything is on the table. It's like a fresh start for all these guys. Oh, certainly. I mean, you look at, you know, Sheldon Keefe, young buck coming up from the AHL, never coached a day in the NHL in his life, not even as an assistant coach. So this is going to be a totally new animal for him, and he's going to be thrown right into the muck of it in Toronto at that. Toronto, the hockey mecca of the world. It's, you know, the other day, I think Babcock, when he was asked about, um, you know, uh, the media had asked him, Basically, whether he felt comfortable, if he felt like he was on the hot seat, and he came out and he said something along the lines of like, "Look, like I, I'm okay with 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 myself. Like I'm stable. I'm all right. Uh, if I was a young guy, I never would be. I never would never want to coach in Toronto. I never would have taken the job if I was in Toronto because a the media can really get at you, and uh, it can really affect your confidence and your family, especially. I, I think he was trying to get at the fact that if your kids go to school and they hear people talking about their father like that if they're at a young age they may not have that and they have to have those tough conversations at home and I think he was he said that and I honestly believe that that was kind of a a shot directly up to management saying look it's not greener on the other side you may want to bring in this kid I understand that he's the incumbent but just so you know there are tough tough tasks of being a head coach in a market like Toronto. And we're going to see if Sheldon Keefe is going to be able to live up uh, to, to the high billing that, that he's coming in with. Yep, absolutely. Um, all right, so we'll take a quick break, and then we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll get right back into it. Uh, maybe we'll discuss some of, uh, some of what we're maybe expecting from Sheldon Keefe, and we'll do that on the other side. All right, welcome back to the Lockdown Leafs podcast. Mike DiStefano alongside the Zoobs. Big day in Toronto. Mike Babcock out as head coach. Sheldon Keefe in. Uh, Keefe, once again, never coached a day in his life in the National Hockey League. Does that worry you at all? Uh, No, I think we're looking at sort of an era where um, things are different. Yeah, We look at sort of the changes the Blues made and, and some of the other sort of uh, new coaches, first-time coaches that come in halfway through the season. I think it's 
you know, it's definitely high stakes and it's not, you know, there's not a lot of room for error here and, and all of that, but he's somebody that with organizational knowledge, with institutional knowledge, um, and, and a relationship with a lot of the guys, both that have played in the AHL and with some with people in the front office. So you don't have to worry about that separation between the players in the front office and sort of maybe going battling in as that in between. I think he fits right now as a really nice in between, and I'm willing to give him uh, a chance to shake out by all accounts from everybody that that was a big follower of the Marlies and everyone that has come across Sheldon Keep and played for him. Uh, you know, he can be he's a tough guy to play tough guy to play for. He he's demanding, but he is also uh, a very successful coach, and especially when is when gifted with a lot of offensive talent, he has found a way to make that talent flourish, and that is what we are told is the makeup of this Maple Leafs roster. So if that is the case, I'm happy to give him sort of the reins and see what a modern approach to how this team is deployed looks like because we have heard a lot about how much top-end talent there is, and they are uh, getting the treatment of top-end talent. Let's see what they can do fully unleashed by a coach who specializes in that very area. And before we kind of get into what we think that he should come in and change. I kind of want to give uh, our listeners just a sense of, of, of who he is and how he got here with this team and why he was the incumbent to be the head coach of the Maple Leafs and why we kind of knew that for a very long time. Um, it came a lot quicker than I anticipated, but but the day is here and he's now the head coach. Uh, so just for those who aren't as familiar with Sheldon Keefe, being, uh, he is the Marlies, the, the AHL affiliate. He is their head coach there. Uh, and he was brought in by Dubas back in 2015. Dubas uh, took, he hired him for the Sioux Greyhounds back when Dubas was the GM in the OHL. He spent three years with the Sioux Greyhounds. Uh, and then after that, when Dubas got up and he was hired by the Maple Leafs, they brought him up here as well. And he put them, uh, he hired him to be the head coach of the Marlies. And he's been there for the past five seasons. Winning, first of all, they made the playoffs each of those, uh, each of the past four seasons and won a, 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 a was Calder Cup in 2017-2018. So coached them to a championship. So he does bring a winning pedigree. Uh, so there's, and listen, this is a guy who everybody expected to one day become the head coach of the Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. So I think... He's ready for it. There, there, there had to have been conversations over the summer when there was a little bit of talk about whether or not they moved on from Babcock in the summer. And I think there had to have been some kind of off-the-record conversations with Dubis and Keith saying, look, if, you know, if this gets real and at the quarter mark of the season or at the halfway mark of the season we're underperforming, are you ready, to t- are you ready for this challenge? You know, like it being the head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, the most prestigious team in the league. That's not an easy task. No, we've seen yeah. countless and countless coaches get run out of town. Is he going to be able to? Like he's thirty nine years old. Thirty nine years old. Not a not a, a an overly, not an older guy, but he's certainly, you know, he's or he's not a young guy anymore, but he's certainly not as experienced as one would expect when it comes to co- being the coach of Toronto. No, he's uh, barely older than Jason Spezza. <laughs> there, there you go. And he's younger than Patrick Marlowe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like he's, he is. He could, he could fit in that locker room. Um, so, but he is going to, he is the coach of the, of the Maple Leafs for the foreseeable future. We're hoping that 
He's the guy who can bring a championship to this town, and oh, what a day that would be. But what are some things that you specifically think he needs to shore up and change in order for this team to turn it around? What I really want to see, first and foremost, is Tyson Berry. He's somebody that really has struggled. Um, I know that he's somebody that Kyle Dubas is very high on, somebody that they believe. And we have talked about a 60-point guy the last couple years, somebody that should fit with the way this team is built. Everything adds up to him should be a very good player on this team, and he has just not been that. Really, really interested to see how he is deployed, who he pairs up with, what his minutes are like. Um, that's the first big one for me. And the other one is the is Power Play 1. I really want to see if we are about to enter into a world where Power Play 1 plays basically the entire Power Play because that's something mm-hmm. that we have that we have heard everyone harp on for a very long time, uh, and it's time to really see if that's going to be one of the changes that are made because that seems like, to me, a, a day one early fix is to really jam out that that top power play unit for as long as you can. And if that is the case, let's give Tyson Berry a shot on the number one unit. Like, what the, the, yeah. the, like Morgan Riley, he did a great job last season. He's done an uh, an okay, an adequate job, I guess, this season, but the results just aren't there. Yep. So change it up a little bit. You're changing it up enough by bringing in a brand-new head coach. Let's change it up some more. Kind of bring in Tyson Berry. He is a quarterback. He's a power play specialist. That is what he is. That's what he was in Colorado. That's what you brought him in to be here in Toronto. Unfortunately, he was kind of behind Riley. So you figured, oh, I could just be on PP2, and then we'll, we'll have two great power plays. You know, sometimes – you know, that's that's kind of a, a miscast of, of Barry, and he's really struggled this season. So I definitely I think he is the one who is going to benefit most, and he's the guy who I think everyone's going to have an eye on to see how his play changes and how his deployment will change under Sheldon Keefe. Um, but also for me, I think, you know, you bring up the power play, but the penalty kill, 27th in the league, that needs to change. Mm-hmm. Way too many times, way too many games. They've allowed a power play. Uh, uh, yeah, they've allowed a power play goal. 12 power play goals in the last 11 games. Yep. And when you're playing tight games like the Leafs are playing, where they're only losing by a goal or two each game, those goals are what's costing them. It's cost them a lot of points. It's cost them a lot of wins. It's cost them uh, a lot of losses. Like, this is something that he's going to have to come in and change. I'd be curious to see what ends up happening with the assistants. You know, sometimes when a coach comes in, he fires the assistants, brings in his new guys, and sometimes, you know, he tries to to adjust with with uh, the guys that are there. So I'll be curious to see what happens with McFarland and Haxtall. But I know Dave Haxtall, he's been the the defensive coach, and he's also been the pe- the coach on the PK. If one of them has to go, I think Haxtall might be the guy that they like to move on from if he wants to bring somebody in, uh, his own guy. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But definitely I think the PK needs to be revamped. Yeah, you know, I think... I I'm not sure if I've seen anything about this yet, but those are also two guys that are that are relatively new anyway. So I'm not sure, you know, that they are uh, in as much jeopardy. But it's definitely true; anything could happen. But yeah, I think that deployment is a huge part of it. Um, and then you know maybe we see something different with the forward lines. Another big one that we've talked about and harped on all year and a lot of last year was how many minutes Austin Matthews plays. His yes. first game as the coach of the Maple Leafs, he's going to have Austin Matthews in 
Arizona. I mean, let's see if he runs wild. Let's see if he's up to 22, 23 minutes. Maybe maybe that's where we are hey, about to be headed. Give him a 25-minute night. Why not? Put him he's, in that McDavid category. Yeah. Put him in that McKinnon category. Let's see it, man. You want to pay this guy $11.6 million? Play him like he's getting paid $11.6 million. Now, he also needs to go out there and play like an $11 million man, not like the you know $8 million man that he's playing like right now. Uh, but maybe, you know, new head coach bump, that'll spark something. Uh, I agree. Also, wh- why not give it a go, but try maybe uh, load it up. You know, maybe try putting, um, I don't know if you want Tavares on, or Matthews on the wing or anything like that, but maybe load it up and go with the Tavares, Matthews, and Nylander line. Yeah, let's do something crazy. Let, let's let's you know, you know, and it, it even if you're, if you're going to do that, it doesn't have to be all game, right? You can you can crank that pressure up for 20 minutes and then and then turn it around. Like, let's do some flexibility. I think that's that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, but yeah, lots, lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of angles to dig through on this. I'm gonna be curious what happens with uh, Cody CC as well. I think this is a, you know, if Tyson Berry is going to be the beneficiary of this coaching change, I think CeCe might be the guy who is uh, probably crying in a closet right now saying, oh, my God, my NHL career might be in jeopardy. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's definitely possible. I I think that's um, a big part of this whole shakeup is, is anything is really possible. We know that. Morgan Riley was a big Mike Babcock guy. He he got um, mentioned in the in the his goodbye statement. Uh, so that's it's gonna be interesting because you remember last week I believe it was um, Kyle Dubas had a little impromptu press conference where he talked about yep. and defended Cody CC and part of what he said if you read between the lines is when you look at how much Cody CC has been used he hasn't been that bad. Well, if you use him a little smarter, maybe he's hinting that he wanted that usage to change, and and he believes that in, with different usage, Cody CC could really, really excel as as a bottom pairing guy, as a specialist guy. So, yeah, I agree. That's another one where you know maybe they're looking to change up that usage pretty dramatically. Uh, it'll be very interesting. The the time on ice and the situational minutes in the next little bit are going to be really interesting to keep an eye on. And, and uh, it should be fun. Uh, certainly, man. We're going to take one more quick break and uh, come back on the other side and continue with this conversation. Once again, Mike Babcock fired and Sheldon Keefe, the new head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, will continue the conversation on the other side. All right. Welcome back to Locked On Leafs podcast. I am Mike DiStefano, joined by my co-host, the Zoobs. Mike Babcock out, Sheldon Keefe in. Something that I kind of wanted to chat about quickly before we get out of here. Do you, one of the first things that kind of popped into my mind, well, I had a lot of things pop into my mind, but this, this was one of them. Something that I haven't heard a lot of people talking about, really. So, who do they play tomorrow, Zoobs? Arizona Coyotes. The Arizona Coyotes. All right. So they are in Arizona, in Scottsdale. Do you remember an incident that happened yes. in Scottsdale, I Arizona, thought of, a few I thought months of this, ago? I thought of this, too. Isn't that interesting? That's just not going to be – isn't that interesting? Isn't it interesting that they found something else to talk about over the next couple of days while in Phoenix that doesn't have to do with Austin Matthews pulling his pants down? It is – yeah, and when you look at all the – like you look at the fact that it's – 
covering that up, you look at the fact that, you know, you already expect Matthews to have a good game tomorrow anyway, so you can give Keefe credit for that no matter what. Uh, you look at, they were just in Vegas, like you get a night to blow it off and really like have that blowout and, and all those guys out in Vegas. The inter- the timing uh, is pretty interesting, all things considered. I just, I'm curious if that, it's either really convenient or this may have factored into the timing factor because, you know, like I said before, that game against Vegas wasn't terrible. And it wasn't one where you say this is a, a, a game that's going to get a coach fired. I mean, they were one Marc-Andre Fleury save away from, you know, escaping with a point, potentially two if they could win it in overtime yeah. or a shootout. I, like, do, I do agree with that, but I also sort of like, is that like, are the expectations that like they play 40 good minutes against a 500 team and, and that's enough, right? Like but the expectations have changed so much, like early in the year, but before they had been through this rough patch, I think we would have been a little harsher on last night than we ended up. Everyone's sort of been like, yeah, there was good play in the third period, but like we expected them in that situation against a team playing as poorly as Vegas had been previously to go in there and blow that team out. So I think that was sort of indicative as to how low expectations have gotten. I think you're right. They did play well in the third period and it was pretty even in the first, but that was sort of a sign of the times to me to say, if you came away from that saying, well, it's a step in the right direction, then you're in the wrong direction pretty bad. Going forward then, what are your expectations going to be of this Leafs team? Well, we need to see we need to see the offense open up. That is that's that's the calling card of not only the roster but of what we're being sold. Uh, Sheldon Keefe is all about. He's a he's a new age guy. Uh, you know, there's there's that clip of of Dubis talking at an analytics conference about bringing in Keefe halfway through a season with the Sioux and how much it helps to have the same message from the front office being relayed to the players. So I'm interested to see in what this does for them offensively. I think. What we are to expect is an improved offense to to see uh, a little more freedom and a little more danger and and a little more involvement of um, you know the forwards versus a lot of action from the perimeter. I think I think hard work and and getting to the front of the net and getting high danger chances uh, will be a sign that things are working in the right direction out of the start. And it's funny because over the last really actually last couple of years, there's always been this kind of uh, cloud hanging over Babcock and Dubis, thinking that there was some sort of rift between the two because Dubis is constructing the roster to play one way, but Babcock is deploying them to play another. Now that they bring in Sheldon Keefe, a Dubis guy, you have to wonder, is this, if this doesn't work like Dubis thinks it will, is that going to be Dubis's big mistake because this is kind of the the one of the last bullets in the chamber for him. I'm surprised they didn't try and make some sort of deal. Usually it's you make a minor trade, and then from there, if nothing changes, then you fire your coach. But the coach firing came first. Yeah. So at this yeah. point now. No, this is this is all in. This is this is all in on on the Kyle Dubas idea. I think. Um, yeah, the clock starts now. We look at everything from here on out as a as a Kyle Dubas full control era, and you know, let's see what if if the way he's built the team uh, is to be played in front of Sheldon Keefe. Then let's see what kind of team he built because that's the end of the excuses for that. 
uh, and you can't use the cap and you can't use these other things because you're fully aware of all that stuff. And then it, and then it comes down to Brendan Shanahan eventually. But, you know, I, I think now we start the clock on what Kyle Dubas has really built and how this team really should play at this point and going forward. I got to tell you, man, I'm excited for the next week of, of Maple Leafs hockey. Me too. I really am. Me too. I think this 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 is this is a good thing for the Maple Leafs. We spent way too much time uh just talking about how much, you know, Babcock has been screwing up all season long. You know, the faults have been there game after game after game and we keep coming back to the same fundamental problems whether it's with his coaching philosophies or it's with the on-ice product, whatever it may be. And finally, you know, our prayers have been answered, I guess. You know, it's it sucks that, that a man lost his job today. But at the same time, I think a fan base has, uh, has they're in a better place. I, I really do think so. You know, Babcock, I think his style of hockey just isn't working in 2019-2020. And it's not going to be working going forward. So, in my opinion, I am very much on board with this move that happened today. I think that uh, the players, uh, we're going to see a different a different style of hockey. I guarantee it. Mike Babcock, big fan of low, events, low event hockey. Uh, not so much the case for uh, Mr. Sheldon Keith. So he's going to allow the players like Matthews, Nylander, Kapanen, Marner, Tyson Berry, another guy, let loose, man. Go out there, create offense. The way that you play the final five minutes in a game you're turning by two, play that way the whole time. You no longer need to stay patient, okay? I know that the, you know they've been preaching patient, patience, patience, trying to play their style of game. That that's not the. They need to be aggressive because this team is so skilled, and they have the roster where they can dictate games, and they haven't been because they've been trying to play patient. This is now a different regime. Well, I guess the regime is not well, sort of, <laughs> but the the it's a different coaching philosophy coming in, and I really really hope that it works out because this team is too talented to be sitting here outside of a playoff spot, and if in April we don't get to watch Maple Leafs hockey. That would be just a shame, an absolute shame. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I, and I think uh, it, it really is an exciting time. It really is cool to think um, some, some, some of the changes we, we've been asking about and looking for. Uh, you know, the organization was asking the same questions and, and came up with a similar solution. And to see what that means and, and what they actually want it to look like and how they want this team to play and how they could play and how they might play. Uh, fully realized as a as a unit is is really exciting. And as I said off the top, you know, um, it, it, Mike Babcock did do a good job of getting the team from where they were to where they are now. But it is time to take a next step, and sometimes that takes a new voice. And uh, it's going to be a really exciting era here. Uh, it it it, uh, it won't be boring. It never is. Couldn't have said any better myself, man. Uh, good chat, good chat. I was excited to get. All this off my chest. I've been waiting and waiting to to get together and talk about this for the podcast. And uh, I think uh, we had a, we had a pretty good chat, covered most of the bases here. And the Sheldon Keefe area, it, it it starts today, and game one is tomorrow. And uh, that's when we'll come back and 
we'll see. We'll see how the team looks. It's a new era in Leafland. That's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasting platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Leafs. Follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck. And follow Zoobs at the underscore Zoobs. All right, be sure to check back in here tomorrow. We'll be teeing up the game against the Phoenix or the Arizona Coyotes. There you go. Uh, but <laughs> Almost put in the swear jar. Uh, but until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.